Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today we're getting curious about why we tend to be our own worst critic. Why we are so much harder on ourselves than anyone else is on us. Why it is so much easier to offer grace and compassion and patience and support and encouragement to our loved ones than giving those things to ourselves. I do think that this is part of the human condition, that we tend to have a pretty high bar for ourselves. We expect a lot from ourselves, and I think we are far more critical of ourselves when we don't meet those high standards than anyone else will probably ever be of us. So the other day, I'm at boxing, and one of the regulars, she's just this very positive energy woman. She's fantastic. Um, She came up to me and said, you know, that she was very impressed by, you know, my body transformation over the last few months, Uh, just saying that I look more toned up and, you know, looking great. And I was just like, oh, my God, that just made my day, week, month, year, (laughs) because This happened to coincide with the first morning that I had stepped on a scale in several weeks. I had been actively avoiding it because I knew I had fallen off the wagon. (laughs) I know every woman listening to this can relate. The avoidance tactic when we're not ready to deal with the reality of that number on the scale that we just go ahead and assign to our self-worth. So I I hadn't kept up the cardio routine that I had been doing before. I had been, you know, late night snacking more often. That is my biggest vice when it comes to food habits. Talk to my nutritionist. Oh my God, y'all. I am a voracious, bottomless pit at night. I don't know what happens. (laughs) But anyways, I could... I could feel my body starting to physically reflect those poor decisions. So when I finally bit the bullet and stepped on that scale, I was mortified. I was like, please don't be above this number. Please don't be above this number. And then I was three pounds above that number. And I was just like, (gasps) and my involuntary narrative was that foe we all know of intense self-criticism you know, how could you let yourself get this far off track, Kristen? Like you coach fitness classes and you are not practicing what you preach. You are not being a good example for this thing you claim to be a professional at. <laughs> you know, just you're not using any self-control, etc., etc., etc. But I stopped myself more quickly than I used to. I zoomed out. And I actually said aloud to myself, yes, aloud, my dog looked at me like I was a little nuts. Uh, I live alone with my dog, but I said aloud to myself in my apartment, the counter narrative to that. I said, it's okay, Kristen. Yes, you got a little off track, but you're going to get back on now. I put my hand over my heart. My woo-woo self grabbed my rose quartz palm stone. (laughs) I told myself, your body is capable of doing amazing things. You have climbed mountains all over the world. You have run very long distances. You have lifted heavy weights. You can punch a bag like most women can't. Like, 
your body is capable of doing amazing things regardless of a few extra pounds. Show yourself compassion, Kristen. (laughs) You have lost weight before, you have toned up before, and you can do it again. You will treat your body with compassion. Your habits will reflect your love for your body. You will, you will, you will decide to choose habits that reflect the fact that you love your body, you love yourself. And I think I said something similar on the change catalyst episode, I think it was a few weeks ago, but it's relevant here too. So I'm going to say it again. No one can be shamed into changing. (laughs) And that includes ourself. We cannot shame ourselves into changing. I believe that we cannot shame ourselves into change. We can only love ourselves into evolution. You can berate and verbally abuse and criticize yourself till the cows come home, but none of that is going to serve you when it comes to developing an effective strategy for positive long-term change. The only way to get that sustained long-term change is by loving yourself exactly how you are right now, showing yourself compassion for the fact that you want to get better, acknowledging your small wins along the way, and showing yourself grace and patience in knowing that hard things, they just take time. That's the nature of the beast. It just takes time. And nothing happens overnight, and slip-ups are inevitable. Like, I am going to have a few late-night binges, for sure. (laughs) I'm going to be eating in bed while falling asleep to Big Bang Theory some nights, for sure. (laughs) I'm going to order Chick-fil-A from DoorDash now and then, and I'm going to really overdo it on that Chick-fil-A sauce that is so freaking delicious. I am going to just coat those waffle fries in it. I am going to like fully dip them in that sauce like freaking fondue. (laughs) It's going to happen now and then. But I am not going to let those occasional things derail me from my long-term goals of health and wellness. There's, There's actually this exercise that a lot of mental health professionals use Uh, This is kind of expanded to now being used by spiritual coaches, life coaches. Um, I've heard it a number of times from different professionals. So it's basically a, a tactic used to help make us more aware of this tendency to be harder on ourselves than others. So they'll basically tell you to imagine someone who you love and that that person is is going through a really hard time. They're maybe a little lost, a little down, depressed, going through, you know, a dark night of the soul. And how do you show up for that person during those hard times? You probably show them unconditional love and compassion and support, right? You tell them that what they're going through is temporary, that they are an amazing human, they have ever overcome every hard thing in their life so far, and they will overcome this too. You'll tell them that you are there for them no matter what, and that you wish that they could see themselves how you see them. And then the kicker at the end of this exercise is always, now imagine that that friend you're talking to is actually you. Imagine you're saying all of this to yourself. 
And I think that another reason we tend to be so hard on ourselves is because we think that our weaknesses and our imperfections are like highly obvious to others. You've probably heard that quote. It goes, I think it goes like, you'll become way less concerned with what other people think of you when you realize how seldom they do. <laughs> I think that that is a David Foster Wallace quote. Um, but, you know, spawned of that quote is this psychological effect called the spotlight effect. And I'm sure you know that feeling that you're, you know, you feel like you're just being judged at every turn, every decision you make, every step you take, that everyone can see those flaws that we just think are so glaring and obvious. And this plays into things like, you know, our ability to judge our own work or our fear of like touting our own success, our fear that we're just not good enough. So I saw the Barbie movie last night, uh, opening weekend. I am a statistic. I did contribute to that $155 million opening weekend. Um, it was really good, guys. It was good. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. <laughs> so I saw it last night and there's this scene when Barbie is in the quote unquote real world, uh, i.e. LA, which was so fun for me because I'm sitting in a theater, you know, in the Charleston, South Carolina area, but it's literally showing like an area where I used to be in all the time, Century City. Like when I worked at Weather Channel, when I worked at Turner Broadcasting, I was smack in the middle of Century City for like four or five years. So it was just like, oh, nostalgia. But it is funny and ironic. You know, I'm sure the movie did this on purpose that they called LA the quote unquote real world that uh, Barbie and Ken travel to on their hero's journey. <laughs> so She's in the real world of Century City in LA and, you know, men are ogling her and women are shooting her these judgmental looks because she's wearing this like bright pink cowgirl all denim get up. And <laughs> she says something to the effect of like, I'm feeling this strange sensation. Like, I'm very conscious, but like of myself. <laughs> and then there's there's this other part of the movie where America Ferreira, who gives a great performance in this movie, so she gives this great speech that I think relates to this idea, the self-imposed pressure, the self-consciousness, the pressure we put on ourselves in every facet of life. So, and this can definitely apply to men too, to be fair, but in the movie, she is specifically talking about the shared struggle of women. Now, this is not a real spoiler because it's not something like surprising or unforeseen that changes the trajectory of the movie, okay? So don't cover your ears, don't earmuff it. I'm not ruining anything here if you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> but I'm going to recite part of it for you because it's very just, it pulls on the heartstrings, it's highly resonant. Um, okay, so America's character, Gloria, she says... You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. 
You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful, but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old and never be rude and never show off and never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> so to me, that was very powerful. She'll probably get some sort of award for that. Uh, and I am so positive that this struck a chord with pretty much every woman, if not every woman in that audience. Um, and I think it directly ties to how we are our own harshest critic. And we think other people are as critical of us as we are of us, which is just not true. And how if we can't meet some completely unrealistic idea of perfection, we feel like we've failed. Now, I really could derail this whole conversation and open that can of worms about the media's role in this and unrealistic expectations of how women's bodies should look and how we should act and blah, 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 blah. But I don't have seven hours to record this right now. <laughs> and I'm sure you don't have that kind of time to listen. So I'm just going to bring this back to our main point today and say that everybody struggles with this, especially women. We put our perceived worst traits and features under a magnifying glass and we scrutinize ourselves every which way. But that fact remains. People just don't notice as much as we think they do about us. That's kind of the funny part. Like we're all walking around and we're all so worried about what other people might think. But that person whose opinion you're concerned about is probably just thinking about the thing that they are most insecure about in themselves and wondering if other people are judging them for it. We're all projecting. We're all hyper self-critical. And I think the best way to combat this is twofold. I think there's two things that we can do. These are the action items for the day. So number one is give other people their flowers freely and generously. Like that wonderful woman in my boxing class, tell someone if they're looking a little more toned up these days. You know, tell a stranger at the grocery store that you like their shoes or their outfit. Tell a coworker that you appreciated what they said in that team meeting or that they asked that question that like you wanted to ask but didn't. Or just straight up love bomb a friend or a family member and send them a text that just says, hey, no real reason for this text other than to say I love you and I appreciate you and I think you're really amazing. And maybe even throw in something specific that you love about them. So specificity is hugely impactful when it comes to compliments. That actually reminds me of a, a really good Warren Buffett quote. He once said, praise specifically and criticize generally. That is so good in my opinion. So that's number one. Give other people their flowers freely and generously. Number two, give yourself flowers freely and generously. Another great part in that movie, the Barbie movie, was this town hall scene 
they're having this like town hall type meeting, all women. And one woman says to another, it was something like, you won the Nobel Prize for literature. You're such an incredible writer. And instead of deflecting or saying something self-effacing or minimizing her accomplishment, the writer just says, I am. Thank you. <laughs> Accept the flowers that other people give you and remember to give them to yourself. Okay? It could be the smallest thing. It doesn't matter how seemingly small it is. Did you not hit the snooze on your alarm this morning? Flowers. Did you make the bed? Flowers. Did you get a workout in? Did you just walk around the block even? Flowers. Did you pay a bill? Flowers. Did you do the dishes? Flowers. <laughs> Shower yourself in them, okay? Recognize your small wins and know that every single day you are doing flower-worthy things, okay? You are inherently flower-worthy. It doesn't have to be tied to output, okay? You deserve flowers. I hope this was helpful, and this time I'm actually going to give you a little bit of homework, okay? Today, I want you to do those two things. I want you to give someone else their flowers, and I want you to give yourself your flowers, okay? Again, doesn't matter how big or small the things are. Give someone else their flowers. Give yourself yours. And if somebody gives you flowers, accept them with grace and appreciation and gratitude, okay? Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay curious.